Everybody expected me to be one thing, like to be on the catwalks or in magazines and, and don't kind of steer out of your lane. And I'm really glad that, it didn't, that I didn't let it derail me. I have had the most bizarre and amazing, thrilling decade. And I, I just feel so grateful. And I don't know if it's the Midwest thing that like <laughs> when I go home, I'm like, wow, like how, I, I feel like a Cinderella story. I really do. From ABC, it's No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis, and each week we're talking to the most bold and influential women playing at the top of their game, trying to demystify success and what it really takes to get there and all the trade-offs. Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. On today's episode, how supermodel Carly Kloss has turned her love of science, technology, engineering, and math into a platform to empower young women. About four years ago, she created Code with Klossy. It's a program offering free summer coding camps for teenage girls. And what started out as a one-time scholarship turned into 50 camps in 25 cities across the country. What I love about this St. Louis native and her story is that she has walked runways all over the world, been on covers of countless magazines, including Vogue. But she's never let anyone put her in a box. She's a supermodel, a coder, a content creator through her popular YouTube channel, Glossy, an investor in startups like Away. She's just 26 years old, and she's a new host of Project Runway. I caught up with her at the Glossy headquarters in downtown Manhattan a few days before her wedding to Joshua Kushner. Here's Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss, welcome to No Limits. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, thanks for having us to your offices in New York. This is a great space. Welcome. It's small, but, you know, we get a lot done here. I think I've seen it on YouTube before with yes. the videos. Yes, yes, yes. We've filmed food, cooking videos in here, all sorts of videos in there. Videos in here, we, we climb out on our balcony. <laughs> and uh, take some photos every now and then. And yeah, we love, we love our little office. So I want to go back to your childhood. You grew up in St. Louis, one of four sisters. Four sisters, lots of girls in my house. Which is good energy, right? Oh yeah, good energy. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think we tortured my mom through those teenage years more than my dad. But, uh, but yeah, lots of good energy. Your dad's a doctor. My your mom's an artist. Mm-hmm. Did you think about becoming an entrepreneur or a model when you were a kid? What did you want to be? I definitely thought being a doctor would be in my kind of career path. I love science. I always was really fascinated by um, by science, by math, by be- and I loved the idea of being able to help people with like a, a, a skill set. And my dad is an emergency room doctor, so that was like, okay, that's the way that you do that. You help people. You become a doctor. You become a teacher kind of thought those two might be in my future career paths. And being an entrepreneur is something that I never really kind of thought I would be, but I've always had a really entrepreneurial spirit. I love taking an idea and building a business around it, even if it was like hosting a lemonade stand in my front yard. And like I was going to say, so you did the lemonade stands? Oh, and I would have like a profit and loss, like, you know, analysis <laughs> at the end. Oh, yeah. Did you jack your prices up? We had good margins. Like, you know, it was, it was fair for the market. So you were discovered at 13 years old at a fashion charity show? In the mall, 
they were casting for a fashion charity show, and it was it was I was just at the mall with my friend, and I was wearing Birkenstocks and just living my life at 13 years old, and this. Scout, the, these two scouts um, who were who were looking for girls to walk in this charity runway show, big fundraiser for a family um, whose dad had cancer, and anyway, it just was this this very legitimate um, opportunity to walk in a runway show. And at that time, I literally had no interest in that or really idea of like what the fashion industry was. It just wasn't in my world. What did your family think about it? My family was really supportive because it was really safe. It was like a runway show in our small town to benefit my friend's family, and it just—it wasn't like going off to New York and you know being in the big city. It was just like a very local small town thing, and、um, it happened to be that there were very legitimate scouts and agents、um, from agents agencies across the country. So it put me in front of people who. Who, who knew how to build a career in fashion, and、um, I, I was really, really lucky to kind of just happen upon or, or, or have an opportunity like that、um, come to me. I didn't seek it out. I, I was not the girl that came to New York and just、uh, had always had this dream my whole life of becoming a model. I, I, it was really not even something I knew was a possibility.、Um, My life at that time was like ballet and soccer and math and science and like it was very normal and、um, it, it it just kind of opened my eyes to a whole other world、um, of opportunities that might exist for me. So how quickly did it go from being normal in St. Louis to supermodel? Very quickly. It went from I was 13 years old. Uh, walked in this charity runway show and then met all these agents and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting, but like I don't think this is really for me. Like this was cool. And then I got an opportunity、um, to to do like an Abercrombie Kids shoot, and then I got an opportunity to do a Teen Vogue shoot. And I came to New York for the first time, and I worked with Arthur Elgort, this iconic photographer, and I got a taste of. The city, and I got a taste of kind of the energy here. And I was fifteen, fourteen years old at the time. And then that fall, when I started my freshman year of high school, I got an opportunity to walk in New York Fashion Week for Calvin Klein. And I was fifteen years old, like literally had started high school two days before, and it just put me on the map. It was it was like this runway show that everyone in the industry was watching and. I was kind of the breakout star, and that was 11 years ago. Wow! So that changed my life pretty quickly because I walked in that runway show. Then I went home to school the next day. No one at home knew that 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 happened. This like, was pre-Instagram, pre-Instagram, <laughs> pre-Facebook, really. Even like we were on MySpace,、um, and so I feel like I'm dating myself. It's so funny how quickly all of this has evolved. But、um, but yeah, so overnight. I kind of had a career, and also was starting my high school life. And within the course of months,、um, I kind of had an apartment here in New York, and was traveling the world and walking in runways for the top designers in the world. How did you learn the business side of it? Because I would imagine coming in, there are plenty of people looking to take advantage of a young woman from St. Louis. 
I was really lucky to have amazing parents. Sincerely, my family has been um, such a supportive part of my whole life. But but really, they you know if I wouldn't have had them uh, there with me at the runway shows, at the shoots. Uh, maybe I would have run into um, situations, but that just was never a part of my path. Um, I was really protected. I was always really kind of mature too. I, I always, even before I started modeling, I felt like a bit of an old soul. And I kind of just felt really confident in this new world and in this new opportunity. I was 15 years old. I was tall and lanky. No boys were paying any attention to me. I felt totally out of place in St. Louis, just like every teenager does. And it kind of was like this secret alter ego that I got to live out and build a career. And and no one really knew about it back home. So I was able to have a really normal teenage life and also build um, a high fashion career around the world. So were you going back and forth at the time between New York and St. Louis and going back to high school in St. Louis the entire time? I was going back and forth between like sitting in my chemistry class, getting on a plane that night right after school, going to Paris, walking Dior Couture, opening the show, you know, being in the campaign and then going back home and like needing to like still turn in my five paragraph essay. Like, And I bet you did too, by the way. Oh yeah. But it was like this really amazing dual world and life that I live, lived well, and still live, I guess. Was there a turning point along the way where you realized either this isn't enough to fulfill me or I want to create and build something bigger? I think there were so many kind of turning points along the way because I was growing into myself while I was also still, um, I, I, I was growing a career and also like growing up. And I think I was figuring out who I am and what I, and still am. I think that's an ongoing process in life. At 26, I haven't figured out all the answers, but I, I know who I am and what I want and what I love and what I don't want. And I think I kind of had to figure that out as I went. And um, I, I think, you know, this, this platform that modeling has provided me, both through the, the growth of, of social media, but just also the access to the world that I've had through my career has really opened my own eyes to all the opportunity that exists, all the people that I, that I learn from every day. And um, I think I just, it, beyond just my love for my job and, and the industry that I'm in, I, I, I realized so many other passions that I have, um, including learning to code and kind of meeting so many people in the technology industry and in the business industry. And I don't know, I guess it's kind of these, these passions and interests have evolved into businesses. What was it specifically about coding that you were drawn to? What I was really drawn to about coding was the fact, I think two parts. One, I'm somebody who's like competitive and I like to, like if all the boys are doing one thing, like playing football, I was always the only girl on the, like at lunch recess playing football with the boys. I love that. I yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think it was partially because I was like really good at throwing the football and also <laughs> because I was like, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I don't know, there was maybe an element of that with tech too. I was like, what is this like, first of all, what's this fascinating industry and, and skill set that that people who know this skill set are able to build billion dollar enterprises in a short period of time and they're able to transform industries but also that's this boys club and I kind of was like all right can't be that hard to figure out it is hard to figure out but it shouldn't stop you from taking that first step and trying 
So what led to you starting Code with Classy? I was really intrigued by this ability to learn something that quite quickly could could give me um, the building blocks to take an idea and actually build it, whether it's a business. Um, and I just thought, all right, I, I've learned even in a week, like some pretty awesome skills that have changed my perspective on, on what could be built. And I thought I have this audience of young women across the country, around the world that like, I really care about the message that I'm sending them both through like my words and my actions. And I thought like, you know what, I would love to offer them something more meaningful um, than just a picture backstage at a runway show. But like, how could I provide an experience for them or an opportunity for them to have the same kind of learning experience that I did. Uh, so I, I underwrote a scholarship for 20 girls to learn how to code. And the next summer, we put on our own camps. And then the next summer, it grew and grew. And, and this past summer, we had a 1,000 girls in our summer camps that we run across the country. We've been to one of them here in New York. What do you hope the girls get out of that program? Hear more from Carly Kloss after a quick word from our sponsor. Do you spend the night tossing and turning? Are you dealing with a stiff neck and back for months? If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a new material developed by an actual rocket scientist. The Purple Mattress feels very unique because it's both firm and soft, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. Try your Purple Mattress with a 100-night risk-free trial, and if you're not fully satisfied, you can return it for a full refund. Your Purple Mattress is backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, and returns. You're going to love Purple, and right now our listeners will get a free Purple Pillow with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NO LIMITS to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text NO LIMITS to 474747. Message and data rates may apply. What do you hope the girls get out of that program? My biggest hope for the girls is that it shifts their perspective both of their own power. The, the sort of self-realization that happens in our camps is something that I, I think is the biggest takeaway. Beyond just learning how to code, but realizing that like you have unlimited potential and power and in any industry or direction that you want. And I think that is my greatest hope for the girls. Um, in tech, there happens to be a lot of opportunity uh, for, for young women. I mean, the tech industry, there are so many jobs that are, are currently open and will continue to be because uh, our world is being transformed by tech. And, and more and more, these technology companies are taking responsibility and realizing that they need more diversity, um, both in the leadership and in the engineering staff and across the board. So, you know, there's a, a demand for that talent, but there's a pipeline problem to kind of equip young women and tee them up for success. Um, and it starts with learning the skills. So either if a young woman is self-selecting out or she doesn't have an opportunity to learn how to code, like that's, that's the beginning part of the problem. That is such a powerful point. I mean, there's this story that I tell um, my doorman. Uh, 
my favorite doorman. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? He, Andreas. Andreas. He, okay, shout out to Andreas. He uh, he learned how to code and went from being my doorman to getting a job at Viacom as an engineer, making multiple uh, of what he was making as a doorman. And that was in the course of learning to code in two months. And so there is something to be said about the fact that coding as a skill set doesn't require a four-year college degree and debt, but I think it has to start with um, the desire and the intention. And I think a lot of young women don't realize that they can be so many things. They can be interested in fashion, they can be interested in art, and also learn to code and apply that in in the areas that they're passionate about. I would imagine there is a fair amount of pressure in the world that you live in to adhere to certain things, to be a certain thing. And in some ways, in your role as a model, you're the artwork. You're not the artist. But in every other capacity, you are the artist. You're the creator. That's shifted over the course of the 10 years I've been in the industry. And that's what I find so fascinating because as a model... You know, traditionally, you're a muse, you're a canvas, you're seen and not heard. And that kind of shifted with Instagram becoming such a a, a visual way to um, kind of, I don't know, reach a lot of people. And the idea of kind of being seen and not heard and and other people projecting their ideas or or visions onto you... um, when I started my own accounts, I'm the one that's in control of how I project myself to the world. And I found that really fun because I got to show what I was doing to my family back home who wasn't able to always be there with me. And I was able to um, to kind of control my own narrative, mm-hmm. which I think is what's really so empowering about it. I think it's all in moderation. You also have to live in the real world. And I think for me, I I love um, I, I love like shutting off from all of it too. I think that's kind of a really important thing to remember. It's like we we like your Instagram feed is is not reality. Um, and I think it's important to keep that in perspective. So true. How much time are you spending on Instagram in a given day, or on your computer, even coding? I try and limit my screen time just because I, I, I really love like being outside and being active and being with my loved ones. And so I try and not be on my computer too much. Um, but I love coding, be- less because it's like sitting at a computer typing away, but it's more just like strategic thinking or st- kind of creative problem solving. Um, and with the lens of being able to understand how to problem solve using code, there are so many areas that there's there's ripe for disruption, <laughs> for lack of a better. Because everyone's saying it. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's saying it. But it's like th- that's what I think is so exciting about empowering and equipping more people with these skills, because we all approach problems in different ways, and I think we as a society and world will be better for it if we have more kind of diverse thinking about building algorithms. Um, and, and building businesses. So you talk a lot about Carly and, and wanting to put the real Carly out there and, and control the narrative. Yeah. So what are the most important things you want people to know about you? About me? Oof. 
I really am not that self-obsessed. I like don't even care that people know about me. What I really love about the position that I'm in is that I'm able to be a, a voice for a lot of other women. And, and and I mean that in the sense that like my code with classy girls, like I really care about them. I really care about like providing any kind of opportunity to them that I can, supporting them in any way that I can. Um, I want to keep building out Classy, whether it's content on my YouTube channel or more scholarships through the the coding camps that we provide um, or creating content or products. Like I want to create things with the purpose of helping other young women. Like that I care more about than like Carly being famous. Like I, I'm just the medium. I feel like I... And code is just a medium um, to be able to help girls kind of realize their own potential. And, and um, you know, I, I feel so lucky that I'm in the position that I'm in. Like, I was just home earlier this week, and I was just walking around my neighborhood where I grew up, and I was thinking, I have had the most bizarre and amazing, thrilling decade. And I, I just feel so grateful. And I don't know if it's the Midwest thing that, like, when I go home, I'm like... Wow, like how, I, I feel like a Cinderella story. I really do. And because of that, I, I don't take it for granted. And I want to use any kind of voice or power that I have to help other young women. And that's not because I'm a goody two-shoes girl trying to like be a role model. Like I, I just sincerely care about helping other young women. And that's always been the case. That's a lot of responsibility. And especially in this moment in time where... Everything that anybody in a role like yours does, even the relationships that they're in, everything is microanalyzed. You can't let it dictate your actions one way or another. You, at least I haven't. Um, and I think it takes thick skin to not care about what other people say. But even though I've been really lucky in the fashion industry, I've grown thick skin because I have had a lot of negative things being said about me long before social media existed um, and long before anybody had an opinion on my personal life. Um, but you kind of, you can't care. You have to have a thick skin to that. And Were you afraid early on to go out there and talk about coding or to talk about science and technology and math? It, it definitely was scary because nobody expected me to do that. Everybody expected me to be one thing, like to be on the catwalks or in magazines and, and don't kind of steer out of your lane. And so I definitely think a lot of people noticed when I started coming out and talking about like my, my love of science and math and more nerdy passions. And it didn't derail me from doing that. Um, and I'm really glad that it didn't, that I didn't let it derail me because I, I think it's like, that has me standing up and kind of identifying my nerdy passions has like ignited that for so many other girls. And, and like that impact is something that really drives me to want to keep being true to who I am and supporting other young women. But I, I think it, it's not easy to stand up for what you care about. Um, I think, you know, having a voice is a really powerful tool and, and, um, I don't know, I think it's really important that you you use it and use it in a way that's genuine to you and so you don't feel pressured to kind of do what other people are doing um, or say or jump on a bandwagon, but you have to kind of like really 
know what you care about and stand up and fight for what you care about. And I also think with you and with so many women who are on No Limits, there's also this power in being the outsider. You came from St. Louis. You could have immediately gotten to New York and there might have been early on a feeling of, what am I doing here? I mean, some of these people have been around forever. They know the industry. Here I am. I don't... I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm kind of learning as I go. But there is a power in if you are true to yourself and you are that outsider, I always think there's real value in that. Oh, tremendous value in that. I find what I've been most successful at has been when I, like, I'm just, when I trust my gut. When I try and care about what other people say or, or do something because somebody else thinks I should do it, it never works out. The biggest success that I've had or successes or things, forget even successes, things that I love and feel most fulfilled by are when I'm like trusting my gut, trusting my instinct. And it takes courage to be fearless and to kind of chase that, especially when you are the outsider and the only person chasing that. Um, But I'd rather be a leader than a follower. What's been the toughest lesson for you along the way? The toughest lesson has been, I think, just getting out of my own head. I think all women experience that and face that. Um, I think, like, for me, like, coding has been a medium to realize, like, I can accomplish anything I set my mind to, even something that is challenging to learn, um, that no one in my position is doing. I, I don't know. I think it's, like... Forget even what um, other people expect of you, but kind of that voice in your own head around like your own, I don't know, your own potential or, or, or self-worth. You know, I think that's something that um, has been a huge lesson. Forget my career, but just like growing into a young woman. So you're recently engaged. Congratulations to Joshua Kushner, the brother of Jared Kushner, who's married to Ivanka Trump a senior advisor to President Trump. You and Josh have been openly liberal. You marched together in the Women's March. Has there ever been tension because of that? I think everybody's just got to be true to themselves. And uh, Josh respects that I have my own opinion. Um, and, you know, I respect his opinion. I respect everybody's opinion. That's our each individual right. Um, you know, I... I I just try and be true to who I am and and stand up for the things that I really care about. There are a lot of families in this country right now that are having these conversations. There are families that are divided over politics. Have you found anything in particular that works in your family to getting past that? I just avoid bringing, I think it's just best to, to not kind of not bring it up at the dinner table because um, I, I just think it's there's no right answer to to the to that conversation. What is the worst advice that you've received in your career? Worst advice um, that I have to like somebody tried to tell me to walk a certain way when I was first starting my career, like don't move your arms and don't move your hips and don't like do this and and. I just just kind of got out on the runway and did whatever I was doing. I was just walking, but it became like my signature walk. And um, somebody was trying to change that. And if they would have changed that, then I don't know that I would have had a successful career. Who knows? But you just got to 
March to the beat of your own drum, literally and figuratively. <laughs> did you consider when they said that? Did you try to change your walk? Did you think about at all? Maybe I should do this. I, you know. I was a ballerina for years before I started modeling, so my feet always turned out to first position, and I walked down the runway like a duck. And like, people were like, "Can you try and turn turn your toes?" And I was like, "Okay, maybe I should listen to that advice." But I don't know. I, I just kind of do my own thing. That's great. I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did. Yeah, me too. Where did you find that confidence? You know, I feel like I kind of faked it till I made it a little bit because I was 15 years old. Totally insecure, as every teenage girl is. Like I said, I was like tall and skinny, and like so insecure, and just kind of got out on that runway, and like my Sasha Fierce came out. So I think <laughs> I kind of faked it till I made it. Oh, speaking of Sasha Fierce, you're going to be the new host of Project Runway. What kind of a host do you think you're going to be? I, I'm a really nice person, you know, the Midwestern girl in me. I feel like I'm going to be like. Nice, but like, give critical. The producers are gonna tell you you have I, to be mean, Carly. I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna be exactly who I am. I'm gonna just, uh, I don't know. I also am really excited to be on the show because I, I really want to support and help these young designers. They're young entrepreneurs. They're building their business, like to the point of having confidence to、um, kind of take your vision and build it into a successful business. Um, I want to support them in that process, and I feel really lucky to have had the experience that I have in fashion. And I'm excited; it's going to be a, a different kind of day job. <laughs> But I bet everyone's walk will be great for you. I will give pointers. <laughs> I will. I will help them be their own best.、Uh, give their own best, Sasha Fierce. Carly Kloss, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, it is the end of the interview, which means it's time for our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week, where we feature one of you, our amazing listeners, who's building something of your own. And this week's No Limits Entrepreneurs are two entrepreneurs, Leandris Christopher and Ambra Jordan. They are the co-founders of Knotted, and they were nominated by Calaroyco. Knotted is a beauty subscription box that provides all the hair care products and accessories for ethnic hair for African American and Black women with natural, kinky, curly. Or coily hair. The idea was inspired by their own personal needs. Both Leandris and Ambra recently got their MBAs, and while they were interviewing for jobs, they say figuring out a hairstyle was this ongoing problem, and it was time-consuming. And they wanted to find the right products and the tools they needed without spending all that time and energy on their hair. So they both immediately realized there was this gap in the market for African American women and women with textured hair. Here is CEO Leandris to tell you more. Hi, my name is Leandris Christopher, and I am CEO and one of the co-founders of Knotted. Knotted produces a monthly subscription box for Black women that provides all of the products, the tools, the accessories, the hair, and the tutorials to create at least two to three different hairstyles. My co-founder Ambra Jordan and I were inspired to create this box just based off of our own personal experiences with how exhausting and time-consuming it is to care for our hair. We also hope to use our box as a platform to introduce lesser-known brands and manufacturers. Providing a wider array of products that work for our type of care to our customers. 
So congratulations, Leandris and Ambra. Wishing both of you continued success with Knotted. Remember, listeners, you can head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Jarvis to hear more of their stories, how they created the business. And don't forget, if you or someone you know should be featured here on the show at No Limits, you can send me those nominations. Or if you have career questions, send those as well to No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. I know how busy you all are, so thank you to those of you who take the time to write. I really appreciate it. I also want to say thank you so much to those of you who take the time to leave us lovely reviews, especially loving reviews. Those are great. This one is from Hella Prep, who writes, Hella Prep, I like it, who writes, Really great podcast done in a fun, story-filled way to really go in-depth on the important and tough questions facing leaders today. Engaging, fun, insightful, all in one. Look forward to next week's episode. Well, we're so appreciative of you listening. Thank you, Hella Prep. Hopefully you'll like the next week's episode. And finally, a shout out to our wonderful team here that helps make this happen every week. Uh, Before we go through the list of those who help out, one of our great teammates, Annie Osakwe, my research assistant, she's worked with us at ABC News for a couple of years now, and she has been behind the scenes doing such great work. She just, I want to say graduated because she is moving on to bigger and better things, but we're going to miss her so much. So thank you, Annie, for everything that you've done for the team, especially Taylor and I. I think I can speak on behalf of both of us. We're really going to miss working with you. So... Without further ado, the rest of the great team here that helps make this happen every week, producer Taylor Dunn, editor Brittany Martinez, the ABC radio team, David Rind, Elizabeth Russo, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, and Steve Jones. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. 